Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. Over the last four weeks, I've shared with you some really important fundamental financial planning concepts and I've tried to explain them in very simple terms and this is the last in that series of of five topics. Today we're going to talk about a really simple way to manage your cash flow. Now I acknowledge cash flow management is to most people a really boring and mundane topic but it is fundamentally very important to master. If you do master your cash flow well, the probability of you successfully building wealth is very high. And conversely, if you're not so good at managing cash flow and you sort of spend too much money, you almost will never achieve financial independence. It is that critical. Now, of course, like everything in these episodes, it's all general advice. So before following any information in this episode, please make sure or consider whether it's appropriate for your circumstances and consider whether you need to get some personalized advice. Okay, so there's three reasons why cash flow management is so important. The first one is that if you have a good cash flow management strategy, you will eliminate unconscious spending. Unconscious spending is a waste. Unconscious spending is spending money on items that actually have no add nothing to your standard living. There's no enjoyment from these things. There might be a brief amount of enjoyment, but it really doesn't add to your standard living. And if you eliminated those expenses, you wouldn't feel it at all. Like you would still enjoy a very comfortable, very enjoyable life. So it's cash flow management isn't about spending as little as possible and sacrificing and and doing without. No, the rever- it's actually the reverse. It's about making sure you're getting good utility per dollar spent, good enjoyment per dollar spent. And that's the main thing is you need to eliminate or minimize unconscious spending because really it is just a waste and you know, there's no bang for buck. The second thing is that if you've got a good cash flow management strategy, it'll ensure that you spend less than you earn and invest the difference. Investing an amount every fortnight, week or month is so important in order to build wealth and get ahead financially. So whether you're putting that money towards, you know, saving for your first home, repaying a mortgage, additional super contributions, investing in the share market, whatever it is, it's is taking some of your income today and investing it for the future, investing it for tomorrow. And some of your income today, you can spend for today and enjoy the process of building wealth. And lastly, good cash flow management will tell you how much you spend on general living expenses each year. We find that most people spend the same amount while they're working as in retirement. Now, they might spend on different things because, of course, there's going to be some expenses that you have today that you won't have when you're retired. But we find that if, say, some clients are spending $80,000 a year on general living expenses, it's very likely they'll need $80,000 a year in retirement. And that helps us to be able to plan and work out, okay, if that's what they need in retirement, what assets do they need in order to achieve that? And that way, when you do transition into retirement, when you do enter into retirement, you're not going to feel any change in your standard of living. Okay, so there's three categories of expenses. And you need to understand that Each category requires a different approach, a different management approach. So the three categories are non-discretionary expenses, 
conscious discretionary and unconscious discretionary. Let, let me talk about each of these three categories. So non-discretionary expenses are expenses that you can't really overspend on. They're things like bills, utilities, insurance, school fees, mortgage repayments. All these things, they, they are what they are. Like if you get an insurance renewal premium notice, you know, you can't overspend on insurance. You can decide you don't need the insurance or not, but it is what it is. If it's going to cost $2,000 over the next year, then that's what you'll be spending. You don't really need to worry so much about non-discretionary expenses. All you need to do is review these items probably every one to one to two times a year just to shop it around and make sure you're getting a decent deal. Do you need the insurance? Is there a cheaper provider? Can you refinance your mortgages? These sorts of things. But they shouldn't take up too much time. It's really just looking at them manually. The next category is conscious discretionary. Now, conscious a perfect example of a conscious discretionary expenditure is like booking a holiday. Like we tend to think really deeply about where are we going? How long are we going to stay? What sort of accommodation will we stay in? How are we going to get there? All these things go to how much the holiday costs and how much enjoyment we'll get from the holiday as well. We think really deeply about these sorts of things. We don't need to worry about conscious discretionary expenses because I find 99% of the time, most people, if they think really deeply about a potential expense, they'll make a good considered decision. So for example, if someone's contemplating buying some really expensive designer shoes, for example, and they can't really afford it, like it's a bit outside of their affordability, 99% of the time people will make the right decision. They won't buy the shoes. It's the unconscious element, not really deeply thinking about those things that is a worry. So you don't need to worry about conscious discretionary expenditure. All your energy and time really needs to go into managing unconscious discretionary expenditure. These, this category is really dominated often by a lot of small value items. Things like monthly subscriptions, you know, Netflix, Dan, those sorts of things, takeaway coffees, buying stuff for the house that, you know, you never use and you just put in a cupboard and you don't see for another couple of years. All these sorts of things, they're not going to break the bank. They typically are low dollar value items, but there's a lot of them. And that's where that's where people trip up in terms of overspending is is because they don't see one particular category or one particular expense that's huge. What what's happening is they're overspending in lots of different transactions. So the best way to manage unconscious discretionary spending is at a aggregate level. You don't want to have to sit there and add up lots of different items, keep receipts, you know, allocate expenses on some software or those sorts of things. That's just painful. And most people won't continue to do that, you know, for long periods of time. So the best way then is to manage at an aggregate level. And the way that I recommend doing that is having two different accounts. So your primary account is what will receive your income and you'll pay all your bills from, all the non-discretionary expenses that we spoke about, loan repayments, utilities, bills, healthcare expenses, education, all those sorts of things, all that vanilla stuff. And then what you will do is you will have an automatic transfer from your primary offset or savings account into what we will call a spending account. And so, for example, you might transfer $5,000 a month into that spending account, and you should pay all discretionary expenses from that account. 
So whether you're paying by debit card or credit card, it will depend on how you manage that. And I'll talk about that in a second. But all things like shopping, transport, entertainment, groceries, cash withdrawals, all those sorts of things. Anything that is completely discretionary, you pay from that account. And that will help you manage from month to month or fortnight to fortnight or week to week, depending on your pay cycle, you know, how much you're spending on these amounts and you can kind of set yourself a budget. So if you transfer $5,000 in and you're halfway through the month and there's only $500 left, you know you've overspent that month. You can kind of course correct. You can work out what happened. What did you spend the money on? Whereas if you transfer $5,000 every month and at the end of the month, you've still got $500 left, you know you've done well. And you know you've sort of stayed within your budget. If you use a credit card and you're mixing both discretionary and non-discretionary expenses, I would advise you use that credit card mainly just for discretionary stuff. And then if you pay a non-discretionary bill, say some insurance or something, just repay that off your primary from your primary savings account straight away. So that at the end of the month, your balance may be, say, $2,000. If it's all discretionary expenses, you can just take it from that spending account and reduce the credit card to zero. But essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to quarantine all discretionary expenses in one account so that we can kind of broadly track them from week or fortnight or month to month to, to work out kind of where we're sitting. And what I find is that this, firstly, this strategy has worked well, it's worked perfectly well, 100% hit rate in terms of clients that have used it and continue to use it. And the reason it works well is because once it's set up, you don't need to worry about it so much. I mean, you can look at the balance and it tells you kind of where you're at within that, that pay cycle. You don't need to track every single expense. But what I find also is that people tend to be a little bit more conscious about their, their spending as well, which is great because it means that you're going to be think really carefully, will this add value to my life? Am I going to get a lot of enjoyment? If you answer yes to both those questions, do it. Go and spend that money. Like you've got to enjoy the process of building wealth. You've got to spend a little bit of money today and enjoy that and also save for tomorrow. But it really is a great strategy. As I said at the beginning, I've recorded a video that graphically kind of takes you through this account structure. So certainly check that out. The link is in the show notes. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next week, bye for now.